The warmest of greetings to you, and well, that's actually quite an appropriate greeting, isn't it, for this particular story? <laughs> and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching, where we help you enthrall your learners in every subject under the sun using the best teaching method known to science: storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen for your children to become amazing and successful human beings. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me this week is. Hello, I'm Helen. I'm a reception and year one teacher in a very small school um, near Milton Keynes. And hi, I'm Bex. I am a Hugh Sage two teacher in a two form entry primary school in Cambridgeshire. And today we are exploring maths learning outcomes with this week's folktale from Ethiopia. Hence the warm welcome. You can listen to the story by downloading our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for the distant fire. There you can stream a video of me telling the story for your children, and if you sign up as an epic educator, you can also get a copy as an ebook or paperback illustrated by the hugely talented Heather Zeta Rose. You can also download the full audiobook at any time, and even pick up some tips for telling the story yourself. Right now, though, let's continue our discussion with Helen and Bex, and also Abel and Hakim, as we enter into the the proper economics now,、um, <laughs> the, the maths discussion.、Um, so we've we've already talked a little bit about the、uh, um, the fact that. Money、um, and economics does actually play quite a big role in this story, right? Right from the beginning, because of course Abelone goes and works for Panya in order to、um, try and get the money to pay for a doctor, which you would have needed to do in Ethiopia in those days. So,、um, Bex, do you want to to kick us off here since you、um, raised the the subject earlier?、Um, yes, I would love to. And、um, so, obviously, there's a lot. There is, as you were saying, Chip, a lot about money in this、um, in this story. And I was thinking that the the children、um, don't always. Have even our older children don't always have access to actually physical money,、um, so they've obviously we I think we said in our PSHE episode they see their parents like or guardians like tapping with their phone、yeah. and paying <laughs> with like contactless, and、um, so don't, they aren't actually handling money. And I was thinking as well, it'd be really interesting to work out what the value of the money that、um, Abel might have been paid by Panya is. Um, and what that might be worth now.、Mm. So、uh, really thinking about the value of money and how it changes over time, and how more things can be bought、um, with less money, depending on when you're buying them. So I think、mm. really looking at how、um, how much things cost over time and how pe- how much people get paid.、Um, so just all of kind of all of the economics of actually the value of money and what it's worth,、um, and also comparing what the Kind of the money that、um, Abe would have been paid in, because st- obviously the story set in Ethiopia,、mm. would it be the same as if one of our children was doing that work? I mean, I don't even think they could imagine having to go to the field at six <laughs> and pick、yeah. coffee beans.、Um, but actually, thinking that Abel in this story was younger than you guys, and he was already having to go to work、mm. um, and and being paid for it, and how much he'd need to, and looking at how much he'd need to earn. To be able to get a doctor, so even researching how much would it have cost, how long would it have taken Abel to afford、um, to have for his mother to see a doctor,、yeah. if Hakim was, hadn't intervened, and, and especially with the fact that Abel is still having to pay for food and things as well. Yes, 
So, so looking at the whole, looking at budgeting, like mm. I think it's a really, really important skill and um, that some of our, our children, particularly in year five and year six, so our nine, 10 and 11 year olds, they're going to be responsible for some kind of money. So are they responsible yeah. for pocket money? How much do they get? Uh, you know, yeah teeth falling out when what do you do with your money when the tooth fairy arrives um what do you do with your money if you get money at christmas when i used to work with young people that were kind of like um year seven and above i know our children in primary are a bit lower every uh, a bit younger sorry um every time in year seven we used to teach them how to use a budgeting tool because i remember my parents taught me that but when i was quite a lot older but actually mm. now now in the world that we're living in children are, have got responsibility for money I think much younger than I remember as a child. So actually, yeah. we should be teaching our year five and our year six children what the value of money is, how to budget, how to look after it, how to save it, um, because I guess they love spending if they're a spender. Mm. Um, but actually really thinking about budgeting and and you can set up, like obviously linking it into the maths, setting up, um, working out how much they've got, how much goes out every month and just giving them an imaginary costs, I guess, for Abel's life um, and getting them to put him a little budget together so that he can get to the end goal of sending his mother to the doctors. Just wondering, just while you've been talking, Bex, I've had a bit of an idea about could you spend almost a day with older children doing this where they have to work for money? Yes. So you could either set it up how much they would get as a six-year-old in Ethiopia or how much they might get if they were working as, as a teenager mm. in, in our country. You could make them almost work for a day <laughs> whatever you want them to do they yeah. earn they have to earn their money and then then the next day or another session you they look at how much they've earned and actually how far that gets them in the mm. real world you know you, you spent a whole day working it might help them to see the the reality a little bit of oh i worked really hard i worked all day and this is all i can mm. afford because the reality of buying food and buying <laughs> buying clothing and things mm. make it a little bit real and you can actually do that with them younger children as well just probably make it not so realistic money wise you know you earn a pound a, a pound an hour <laughs> and <laughs> this is all you can afford I think that's that's um, really good because I think they sometimes don't even understand so when they always say to me oh did you not go home at 3 15 and I said no like <laughs> I rarely leave the building before six o'clock and they're just like what do you do and I'm like work for you so that you've got good lessons for the next day <laughs> they they don't understand like much about work so I think it would be really good again thinking back to our the E and PSHCE if we're going for economics it would be really really helpful I love that idea Helen I might magpie mm. that maybe make my children work for the day mm. for me <laughs> doing my photocopying and my collecting yeah. and yeah and I think and, and then I think it would be good to do it two days in a row and say okay you've got to work you've got to do more than you did yesterday to earn a little bit extra because that's what um Abel was doing wasn't it he yeah. was trying to work harder each day so that he could earn more so that he could get to his goal of sending his mother to the doctors sooner but I love that idea. I'm going to get them working for me. You know, listening to the two of you, um, it's, it's made me think all um, metaphorically about our distant fire and how, in a way, money is the distant fire for children because they benefit from it, certainly. Yes. But they're not necessarily the ones using it. Their parents are going out and doing the work in order to get the... The, the money um, to be able to um, house, house them, feed them, clothe them um, as as best as they possibly can. Um, and I, I think this is a, a really valuable activity um, mm. just for helping children to appreciate their parents more. And, and not just parents either, but young carers too. Yeah. Um, because uh, young carers probably 
uh, are going to be very adept with uh, this sort of thinking already maybe being the ones who are having to do the budgeting in their house with um, whatever allowances they're given to um, look after their grown-ups. So yeah, very, very valuable activities and hopefully one that's going to raise another E within your class, that one being empathy. Yeah, definitely. So slightly related to what Bex was saying, but a little bit different. I've got a bit of an idea about cumulative addition. Um, just the idea that... Um, you know, Abel gets paid each day. How much would he have at the end of a week? And oh, the idea that you can add more and more and more. And this is an idea that you could take that could be adapted really easily from reception through to year two. And in in reception, it might just be an idea of adding one one penny even. Mm. <laughs> so you've got a penny. The next day, you've got two pennies. How many have you got now? The next day, you've got three pennies. How many have you got all together? Because um, in reception, it's it's all about those basic counting skills, count, mm. counting accurately, um, numbers up to 10, the new the new early years framework that just came out this year really focuses on numbers up to 10 and not really beyond. So it's it's just all those accurate counting skills, adding the language of all together, how many have you got now, and understanding how the value of number. And then in year one and year two, you could, you could adapt it however you wanted. Um, you could use money to do this, or um, you could just use the amounts of money, but actually not focus too much on the actual money because it's quite tricky, but on, on the numbers, if you add this many and then this many the next day and this many the next day and this many the next day, how many will we have in total? Um, and it's really important throughout throughout the, the school years um, to use lots of concrete apparatus to help the children do that. So the children can access this really well, no matter no matter what age they are, as long as you've got the, the resources to help them. So with the year twos, they could have 22 a day and then they could add 33 and then they could add just using that cumulative addition, those, those skills mm -hmm. they've learned. Um, so is this a, a route into the times tables as well then? Yes, definitely. You could you could definitely use it to link into times tables as well. If the, if Abel was earning the same amount each day, you've then got that repeated addition that then leads mm. into times tables. So in year one, five add, five add, five add, five add, five add, five equals, and then you that turns into a multiplication. Mm. And would you start to put in some... I don't know whether it would be cumulative subtraction um, if you are working on some budgeting as well. So maybe he's getting paid three, but he's having to spend two. So he's actually only saving one every single day. Oh, is this starting to get too confusing? I think that might get a little complex, but you could definitely do some subtraction problems around it. So um, hmm. Abel, Abel had this much money and he spent this much. How many has he got left? Gotcha. And then the other maths I was looking at is yeah. is all to do with you've got the concepts of half and half and double. <laughs> so oh, um, yes. near the yeah. near the beginning, um, I think it I think it describes. Well, I hope it does. Otherwise, this is irrelevant. I think <laughs> it definitely does because I've got something linked to it. So <laughs> it describes Abel as half as tall as his mother. Um, yes. So the idea of half that sort of begins in year one, where with children finding half of a shape, folding paper, folding paper circles, um, cutting play-doh things in half um that's where mm -hmm. we begin so i like this idea that abel is half as tall as his mother and i thought once you've kind of looked at the idea of half introduce children to it get some pieces of paper get a piece of paper fold it have it portrait and fold it from top to bottom mm -hmm. and then the children can draw draw mother the whole height of the paper and then next to her draw abel half the height of the paper Oh, then they've yeah. got a visual because that I did that description of half as tall for young children that might not really they can't, may not be able to picture that in their heads. So mm. to get them to draw the characters and um, using this idea of half 
I thought would be a good link to maths. And um, then with the old year groups going into year one, you could get them to, to measure their pictures <laughs> mm. using cubes and make sure actually they are half as half as tall. Abel is half as tall and his mother is twice as tall. Um, and then even going in as, as you go through the, the, the concept of, of uh, me- measurement, um, you can introduce centimetres. Obviously, in real life, they'd be a bit taller, but um, <laughs> in your, on your picture, <laughs> use centimetres and to look at the, the idea of half as tall. And then later on, of course, Panya says he gives, would give Abel half of everything he had. Mm-hmm. And that's a really nice link because once children have learned about half, half of, an, of a shape, again, starting in year one, they, they learn about half of an amount. So uh-huh. if Panya had, you'd keep the numbers quite small to start with. If Panya had 10 apple trees and he was going, he had to give, give Abel half of them, how many would that be? Gotcha. There's a lot, a lot of good halving going on in this story. You could take it in many different directions until the children really, 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 really understand what half is. <laughs> Making fractions interesting is quite a challenge for us, us as teachers, <laughs> unless you're actually going to be eating things. So obviously, yeah. like if you said, if I would you prefer to have half of a pizza or a quarter of a pizza, and you're going to get it, then obviously that's quite oh, yeah. an interesting way of teaching um, <laughs> fractions. I have as well. Yeah. Um, but just just thinking as we're moving up through the age groups, that actually you would start looking at beyond a half. So you'd look at a quarter and a third, and what that looks like, and what's um, which of those fractions is greater and smaller, or uh, yes, greater and smaller. Those are the correct math words. Um, yeah. And I was just <laughs> thinking that what I might do is is um, change the end of the story and say that Panya is actually going to give a third of his possessions to um, Abel. Uh. So how much would he get? So I'd give them a total, Each probably give each um, group, maybe in my class, um, how much Panya has. So how much money does he have? How much is his house worth? How much is, you know, how much how many animals does he have if he's got animals? Mm. Um, and then the children will have to work out what Abel gets if he gets an eighth of his what he has if he gets a uh, um two thirds of what he has if he gets five sixths of what he's got like get the children mm-hmm. looking at different um different fractions and then what would be the best what would give mm-hmm. Abel the most the best outcome for Abel um out of the fractions that they've been looking at as well because they need to really understand um particularly in year five and year six what the numerator and the denominator the two parts of the fractions actually mean um, mm. That's been a very big learning curve for me as well. Um, as I've gone <laughs> further up the school, actually having to understand more than because yeah. I, I used to love the um, half a pizza that we used to yes. do further we down do the that. school, and now I'm like, oh, we're yeah, <laughs> it's all about um, play doh. Yeah, all about play doh and, and cakes and eating. Um, I still talk about eating. I said, well, would you prefer to have a sixth of a pizza or a half of a pizza? Now you know which one's greater. So I think just really that understand you can use the story in a really mm. great way to to make something that can be a bit dry and not as fun, fractions, um, a bit more interesting. So I really I really like that link and the fact it can go throughout the whole school as well. So mm. if you're often in, in a school, particularly if you're following certain math schemes, you're all doing the same thing at the same time. So you could use this story as you're coming up for your unit on fractions and then it can be used yeah. um, throughout the whole school as well. Of course, the tricky one with, with the whole pizza discussion is to say, would you prefer one half or two-sixths because you know, there might be the little part of their brain that thinks, oh, well, I, I, I get to have two of mm, something yes. rather yes. than just one of something. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is why I would always say um, if, in this activity, put like he's going to get three-eighths of um, Panya's fortune. Which, is that mm. better than getting a half? 
or not. Yeah. So I think challenging their thinking that actually just because it's a, a bigger number on the top doesn't mean he's going to get more. It's a bit of a tangent um, and probably more going back to PSHE rather than sticking on maths. But again, listening to the two of you talk, I've been wondering about the, the concept of value, um, exploring that with the children, because um, Panya is paying um, Abel and his other workers a really pitiful amount in order to get coffee that he can sell to grow his riches. Mm. But then Abel is going to go up the side of a mountain. For, for what? N nothing that actually benefits Panya in any way. And yet Panya is prepared to give half of his stuff in order to to do that and the, the i think the only thing that panya can get out of the bet is the the opportunity to not have to employ abel again mm -hmm. um which again is is something of a detriment to himself so that that could lead to some interesting discussions couldn't it about the um uh, what we actually place value on you know, yeah, we, we spend loads of money on things like computer games, for example, but we can't get anything from them. And yet we pay less money for food, which keeps us alive. Hmm. That's that's a, re a really good discussion, particularly thinking about the time of year that we're talking about. All the children have just got all this new stuff for Christmas. Oh, yes. and, and actually, <laughs> you know, what, what, um, what have they got out of it? So actually lots of people, and, and obviously coming out of the pandemic, the Christmas mm. that that we've just had would is very has been very important and people have thought actually what is the what do I really want to invest my time and money in is it spending time with family or is it material stuff that I might not get very much yeah. out of so I think it would be a really good discussion to have actually what's the value of a 50 pound computer game compared to spending 50 pounds on your weekly shop what could you buy in Tesco is even getting up the grocery app and saying you've got 50 pounds to spend on food this week mm -hmm. Um, which is the same as a computer game, what is the better use of that £50 and why? <laughs> I mean, some of them will say the computer game. Definitely. Well, hopefully to... some of them will say um, an Epic Explorer subscription because then <laughs> yes. they get a whole 10 yes. months worth of Epic Oh, my goodness, <laughs> what a bargain! <laughs> <laughs> a good Christmas present. If you need to buy a January Joy for somebody, there you go. <laughs> That's all we have time for today, folks. If you try out any of these ideas, or if you'd like us to help you teach a topic you are soon to cover with your young learners, let us know on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy effective and lifelong learning. Tomorrow, Abel and Hakeem will help us teach science. But right now, it only remains for us to say cheerio, and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! cheerio. And, and we, we hope, hope to hear your, your story, story soon! soon.